0: Hello everyone, and welcome to McGill Cares webcast series supporting family and informal caregivers. I'm Claire Webster, a former caregiver, certified dementia care consultant, and founder of McGill University's dementia education program. I work with a dynamic team of leading healthcare professionals to oversee the program, who include Dr. José Moret from the Division of Geriatric Medicine, and Dr. Serge Gauthier, professor emeritus formerly of the McGill University Research Center for Studies in Aging. These webcasts are made possible thanks to the generosity of donors. Today, we will be be discussing language difficulties in normal aging and dementia. My guest is Dr. Paolo Vitale. Dr. Vitale is a board certified neurologist a neuropsychologist and an assistant professor at McGill University's Department of Neurology and Neurosurgery in the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences. He is a neurologist at the McGill University Research Center for Studies in Aging and at the CIUS West de Montréal. His research focuses on atypical dementia patients who present with language disorders, such as primary progressive aphasia. Dr. Vitali will speak about language difficulties in normal aging and in dementia, explaining how they differ and why they occur. He will also discuss the potential impact of current research on treatment options. Welcome, Dr. Vitali.
1: Thank you, Claire. Thank you, everyone who having me here. Thank you. And uh, I would like to uh, start by introducing what uh, language is. Uh, language is a human skill that uh, we use uh, to communicate with other uh, human beings by means of words uh, in a complex sentences. Um, uh, as you maybe experience, uh, language uh, can be uh, affected by aging. For example, in my uh, common uh, practice, uh, forgetting the names of objects or uh, finding the right words to use in communication are among the most common cognitive complaints in uh, aging. And uh, um, Language uh, undergoes some physiological changes uh, uh, as our uh, physiological process, and uh, but not always uh, not always is negative. We can have some positive changes related to uh, to aging. For example, our vocabulary means all the words that we know uh, develops throughout life, but uh, lexical retrieval could be slower. So the ability to retrieve the item from our mental lexical could be somehow uh, uh, slower with, uh, with aging. But we can also use, uh, uh, using better the context and our um, uh, knowledge uh, to uh, assimilate new information and to put uh, our words in our uh, vocabulary. We can also think uh, we use more abstract words when you get an aging. Uh, however, um, we tend to you to um, uh, to have more disfluency and hesitations. For example, uh, mm, this kind of uh, phenomenon are more frequent uh, uh, with aging, and we use more filler words. Uh, for example, like you know, sort of, uh, and we use uh, all-purpose words uh, such as stuff, thing, and uh, other things like that. We to uh, we tend to use shorter sentences and to use. A Simpler uh, syntax, uh, to, so it means we use uh, we tend to use a uh, um, uh, tend to use more uh, less uh, uh, subordinates when we when we talk in uh, in, uh, in language, and uh, uh, we uh, also have this phenomenon, very well known phenomenon, the uh, tip of my tongue, uh, uh, in which we uh, how do you say or this kind of phenomenon which is very frequent uh, uh, in normal aging. Uh, there are also different uh, age-related factors that can uh, hinder effective communication. Uh, in uh, my clinical practice, it's very frequent to have a uh, uh, patient with uh, hearing difficulties, and this can be very challenging to have a, a meaningful communication. Other problem, like visual loss is another problem. And for example, we all, in this uh, pandemic, so we uh, all have uh, realized, for example, how the mask we put on our face can Uh, disrupt uh, uh, significantly our ability to understand and and read uh, uh, on the lips of the others. Uh, There are also uh, uh, factors related to poor articulations, uh, for example, uh, medication or dentures. All of this can uh, uh, significantly impact uh, effective communication. There is also a more general psychomotor slowing, uh, which uh, tend to affect uh, communications in aging. Uh, and as you maybe know, there are a, a, a limited amount of, uh, of attention and when, when, when to uh, try to share this attention between multiple uh, tasks, that could be challenged to have a, a meaningful uh, communication, for example, while we uh, do cooking and have a, a communication with our relatives. And uh, finally, all uh, uh, the fatigue, sleep deprivation or uh, overseas trips can affect uh, uh, negatively uh, our uh, communication. But one of the uh, questions that I usually uh, uh, receive in consultation is when I had to be concerned about uh, language difficulties. I tend to reassure patients when uh, they say, uh, I can't remember the name of that well known actor. For example, uh, to me, not being able to remember the the name of a relative or the name of a uh, of a friend or uh, having occasional difficulty finding words could be part of the normal process of aging. However, not recognizing family members or be unable to record their name or uh, a, uh, having a communication characterized by frequent pauses, uh, distorted sounds, or uh, looking for, uh, uh, for a word, even common words, this could be uh, part of more uh, serious uh, uh, disease. Uh, so how we characterize language uh, difficulties. So first of all, in, uh, in my uh, clinical practice, I have to distinguish between memory complaints and language complaints. For example, uh, uh, saying that uh, I can't remember the name of a uh, uh, of something, it's not really exactly memory problems. It's more a language uh, uh, deficit. So uh, having said that, uh, um, I usually assess the patient uh, and uh, try to understand uh, uh, his previous level uh, of uh, communication and uh, how he he, he is or she behaves now. So is the patient? Does the patient seem as articulate as before? Uh, do they use words with wrong or deformed sounds? Do they have difficulty with grammar? Uh, search for words, or even use the wrong words? Um, uh, Do they present with reduced vocabulary? uh, Or even they have a difficulty grasping the meaning of words. They have difficulty with spelling words, especially for uh, uh, irregular words, or uh, they do uh, still read for pleasure, so a difficulty in uh, following instructions. All of this is part of the uh, general uh, assessment of uh, uh, language difficulties in, uh, in my patients. Uh, we call it an acquired language disorder aphasia. So aphasia is an acquired language language disorder. Uh, it's different from uh, uh, this neurodevelopmental uh, learning difficulty, like uh, uh, dyslexia or uh, uh, dysgraphia, in which usually children with learning difficulties have a difficulty in, uh, in learning. Uh, uh, writing or reading. This is an acquired uh, language disorder in, in, in people who had a previous uh, normal level of uh, uh, communication. And uh, we usually assess the, the oral and the uh, um, uh, so the expressive part and the receptive part of language. So the oral expression, verbal uh, or uh, um, uh, understanding, and the written expressions, so the writing or the uh, the uh, the reading part, and we also uh, uh, measure the what is we, we call the semantic knowledge. By semantic, we mean all the uh, all the information shared uh, what we have on uh, on the. Uh, on, on the world, for example, the fact that uh, the pyramids have been uh, built by uh, the Egyptians uh, in Egypt uh, many centuries ago—all this is part of the uh, of the general information that we have about the world, and this is uh, part of the semantic uh, knowledge background. And uh, this can be selectively impaired by uh, some specific neurodegenerative uh, uh, disorders. Um, So which which are the causes, the etiologies of uh, language uh, disorder? Is there a single cause or multiple? Maybe our listeners are uh, more concerned about neurodegenerative disease, but there are uh, plenty of other etiologies that can affect language. For example, a a sudden onset of uh, language difficulty could be uh, a a manifestation of stroke or uh, a brain bleeding, a more gradual over a few weeks or months of uh, difficulties represent a new brain cancer or an infection. Uh, some uh, epileptic ma- manifestation can present as language difficulties. Uh, um, language uh, difficulties can also uh, follow some head trauma. And, and there are also uh, even uh, other co- ca- causes of uh, uh, difficulties. And this is important to highlight because uh, um, um, patient presenting with this uh, uh, problem, with this uh, language difficulties, uh, should consult uh, her primary care physician in order to have an extensive evaluation uh, of these uh, 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 different causes. And all, uh, uh, only uh, after we have ruled out uh, all of this uh, uh, different physiology, we can uh, uh, probably uh, state that, that there is a neurodegenerative disease underlying the manifestations. Uh, you uh, maybe are aware of a specific uh, language variant of Alzheimer's disease. As you know, Alzheimer's disease can present uh, uh, with memory difficulties, but uh, a, 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 in a typical presentation is characterized by uh, uh, anomalies, so difficulty with uh, uh, finding words. Uh, uh, the communication is characterized by multiple poses while speaking deformed words. Uh, and patients can uh, have difficulty understanding and repeating longer sentences. Uh, this uh, atypical form of Alzheimer's disease generally uh, involves younger patients under age 65, and specifically, language is affected for uh, as main cognitive trouble for the first two years of uh, presentation. Uh, what we can say to be to our patients and to, uh, to caregivers uh, uh, who uh, have to experience uh, this uh, uh, very difficult uh, and uh, hard situation first of all i uh, tend to uh, acknowledge them and to recognize them the the, the, the hard time they are living their experience. this is a very uh, severe disease and uh, they need a lot of patience and uh, caregivers has to uh, have to avoid the confrontations so patients are not uh, for sure responsible for their deficit, sometimes they are not even aware of of their uh, difficulties. So to create a a calm setting that that is conducive to communication is very important. Uh, they uh, uh, also have to develop uh, non-verbal communication strategies, uh, for example, using music, uh, drawings, pictograms, also the, the, the touch. communication, uh, Communicating by touch could be very, very important to uh, palliate communication uh, difficulties. Or they can use alternative communication strategies, uh, such as tablets or a uh, computer. Uh, it's important to uh highlight the fact that, that uh, um, the caregiver, the natural caregiver has to become a kind of communication mediator to promote uh, functional communication. So we have to provide the uh, caregiver with all the tools, uh, uh, education, uh, strategies, to, in order to uh, to uh, provide the, uh, him with uh, the uh, a, a, a best strategies to to have a, a significant communication with uh, the caregiver. Um, Uh, the patient. Uh, I usually uh, recommend also to avoid social isolation uh, and to continue pleasant activities that are stimulating for cognition uh, for example uh this is very important to uh, enhance the uh the cognitive reserve to uh, you know, to preserve the the amount of cognition uh which uh, is still uh, at our disposition and to remain physically active is also it's also very important uh, there is also the uh the control of vascular risk factors for example hyper-pression, diabetes, cholesterol, reduce amount of alcohol, or uh, stop uh, 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 smoking. All of this is very important because it's uh, very well recognized that uh, these vascular risk factors can contribute negatively to uh, uh, language uh, uh, disorders. And as a physician, uh, our role is to promptly recognize uh, early neuropsychiatric symptoms such as uh, uh, early symptoms and signs of depression, anxiety, delusion, and to address them promptly uh, pharmacologically or non-pharmacologically to improve quality of, uh, of life. And there, there is also the the, uh, the social part of uh, uh, the neurology, uh, is called the social neurology, and uh, this is uh, this is usually done by social worker with uh, the assessment of needs. For example, the will uh, power of attorney uh, and over legal provisions, uh, which is very important to address, especially at the beginning of the process so when the uh, patients are uh, able to, um, are still able to. Uh, uh, to to say the words on this. It's also important to uh, provide uh, psychological uh, support to patients and caregivers. And uh, this is usually done uh, by making connection with uh, support groups and association for persons with uh, aphasia. And uh, as well, uh, having part and taking part in uh, research activities uh, in a specialized center uh, could provide patients with some uh, 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 having the feeling to have some control over the disease. This is is also a very uh, important part of the the, uh, care of the patients. Uh, what we can say about specific management of language problems? There are now uh, evidence, scientific evidence, that the speech therapy could be somehow effective in this in uh, those patients. Uh, uh, speech therapies has been uh, uh, focused on mainly on naming abilities, uh, and uh, by using lexical retrieval strategies. And uh, we observed that uh, uh, there is some generalization of this uh, 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 learning to. Unt- Trade items uh, with a uh, uh, benefit observed even after one year post uh, post training. So, this is uh, something that can be uh, uh, can be uh, used by uh, patients and families. There are also brain stimulation methods like neuromodulation. There are uh, clinical trials now running at the Jewish uh, General Hospital by using transcranial magnetic stimulation and transcranial direct current stimulation in conjunction function with uh, speech-language uh, uh, therapies. So uh, this uh, has been proven in some studies. It can be a benefit over the uh, uh, speech-language pathologies uh, therapy uh, alone. Uh, at the uh, McGill Center for Studies in Aging, we uh, now started the uh, uh, physical uh, training in uh, uh, patients with uh, uh, aphasic disorders. Uh, the aim uh, is to uh, improve quality of life and uh, maybe to reduce uh, some these uh, uh, exact uh, symptoms in, in those patients. And we're hoping as well to, uh, to improve uh, language uh, abilities. I put here some useful resources that you can uh, uh, use to, uh, to, uh, to have more information about this, uh, this topic. And uh, I'm uh, uh, open to have uh, to receive your questions uh, if uh, you have.
0: Thank you, Paolo, for this amazing uh, presentation. And I found one of the most uh, important slides that you put up was the one that said patient management and support. Um, you know, upon receiving a diagnosis, I think that many people have the impression that, you know, there's a lot of gloom and doom with regards to dementia, but it's so important to just keep living as fulfilling life as possible, right? Like avoid being isolated, you know, participate in activities, take care of yourself. Like, could you, could you expand on that?
1: Yes, it's very, very, very important. As I said, uh, uh, the uh, social yeah. isolation uh, uh, is, uh, is maybe the first reaction usually patients experience, and because they don't feel more. Uh, uh, Comfortable uh, in public and uh, try to avoid uh, uh, pleasant social activities and uh, to uh, retire from uh, from uh, from the uh, from the this group of the support group and this uh, this is very important to highlight uh, they they should continue maybe to uh, uh, there I have patients that uh, that. Their friends are not aware they are they have a disease. They can uh, communicate. They still have a uh, pleasant uh, activity with them. It's very, very, very important. I also I would like also to uh, highlight the, uh, the the vascular responses. This is very important to to, uh, to control because they really uh, significantly uh, affect uh, our cognition. So a, a, a regular uh, screening and a, a, a good control of uh, all of this uh, risk factors. It's, it's very powerful.
0: Just, yeah, just to put that, I, I guess, in, in probably, um, you know, easier language to understand when we're talking vascular risk factors, we're talking about, you know, managing any heart issues, you may have blood pressure, cholesterol, and I don't think that enough people understand the correlation between dementia and, you know, heart cardiovascular, right? And, and I think there has to be a lot more education about that. And, you know, especially I think when you get, you know, to your, the age of our 50s, also to manage, you know, the blood pressure, take your medications, because if you don't, the risk for dementia could increase due to the opportunity to have a stroke, correct? Yeah,
1: I, I agree. It's very important what you said, uh, Claire. All of this starts uh, uh, when we are younger, maybe in the, in the 40s and 50s. It's very important we have a good control of our mm-hmm. risk factors in this uh, uh, in this uh, age because of what we can do at this point in life uh, will have a, a great uh, uh, impact on uh, our later cognition uh, in the 70s. 1980s so it's very important to have a early uh, control of uh, risk factors early in life
0: um, i think there, there's there's much more talk today about aphasia um which when you know when you were you had the slide about can you na- name that famous actor i mean i know that bruce willis who recently came out and was diagnosed with aphasia it's you know everybody's now like trying to understand what this illness is and and so thank you very much for taking the time to, to be the you. presenter today. So this webcast is an initiative of the McGill Dementia Education Program, which is funded by private donations. If you would like to make a contribution to our program or for more information, please visit us at mcgill.ca slash dementia. And if you would like to join our mailing list in order to be notified about upcoming webcasts, other interesting program initiatives, please email us at dementia at mcgill.ca. Thank you for watching.